This is the Clean Soul Podcast, and I'm Dennis Curtis. Today's podcast is titled Ladies Only, and it's part two. In part one, Ladies Only, we learn from the Old Testament scriptures that women were created from man, Adam. The Hebrew word for Adam is ha-adam, and that means the dirt or the earth. Woman was to be the helper of man. The Hebrew word for helper here is azir. The same word God uses for himself in several different passages in the Old Testament. He is called the helper of his people or the helper of Israel. I think he uses it 12 times. Another Hebrew word concerning the creation of woman is konegdu. And this means same as or equal to. God brings them together in the Garden of Eden. The two have become one flesh in the marriage commitment. He supernaturally joins them back together again. But now there's two. I also learned that one of the reasons for the creation of the woman, at least from the Jewish perspective, was that Adam was in the Garden alone, and so was the enemy. But now God made Adam into two Adam and Eve, and they were in unity in the garden, and they could fight against the enemy and be victorious. As God created the world, in everything, he said, day after day, it is good. On the sixth day, he said, it is very good. But just a few days later, when Adam was in the garden, God said, it is not good that Adam is alone. And so we know that the scripture tells us that Satan was soon to attack, and God made Eve at that point. But the enemy attacked Eve first. Satan is strategically evil, and he took his best shot at Eve, who was deceived and disobeyed the commandment. So let's go to a couple of New Testament scriptures. Through the new birth, sin no longer has dominion over us. We now have a choice, but testing and temptations will come. Let me read two scriptures back to back here uh, concerning temptation and the sin that we face. 1 Corinthians 1.13 No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted... He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. And then James 1, 13 through 15. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. The born-again Christian will never be tempted in a way that he cannot overcome, he or she. And our temptations come from our own desires. Throughout the Old Testament, because of sin, Adam and Eve sinned against God, over the years, Satan was able to almost completely destroy Israel's faith. By the time Jesus arrives, the Jewish leaders, the religious leaders of the time, are completely corrupt. But Jesus comes and ministers to both men and women with equity. 
He breaks barriers between men and women and treats them as equal. He ministers to the sinful woman at the well, and his disciples were amazed. What are you doing talking to this woman? He's close friends with the sisters Mary and Martha. Mary Magdalene, because of her devotion to the Lord, is the first one to see the risen Christ. And of course, Jesus, when he didn't want to, when it wasn't his time yet, made wine from water for his mother. God does an awesome work in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then he sends us the Holy Spirit to aid us uh, so that we will continue this ministry of the good news. Salvation from the dominion of Satan has been accomplished, and Holy Spirit is living inside of all believers as our helper. The whole world has been affected by this change, and God gives us our responsibilities, our purposes, our positions as adopted children. So let's do a little bit of scripture reading to understand some of the responsibilities, purposes, and positions, and we're talking. I'm talking to ladies only. Galatians 2.28 There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female, for we are all one in Christ. This is an important verse because all of us are spiritual beings. We live in a body and we have a soul, and that spiritual being belongs to Christ, whether male or female. Jesus changes the playing field completely. In the Old Testament, Israel was the only nation that had a relationship with God. But due to their rebellion to God's commands, God has prepared a way for everyone, Jew, Gentile, slave, free, male, female, to be saved in a right relationship with God. Acts 2, 17 and 18. Here Peter is preaching. And he's telling everybody about what is going on concerning the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, everybody that was in the upper room, they said about 120, I believe the Bible says, were baptized in the Holy Spirit. They began speaking in tongues, worshiping God. And then everybody that was not baptized in the Holy Spirit that saw and heard the power of the Holy Spirit come upon them were bewildered. They wondered what was going on. So Peter talks to them. Acts chapter 2, 17 and 18. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. So what we see here is that God is pouring out His Spirit on all people. For those that are not saved, the Holy Spirit convicts them of sin, of righteousness that is only in Christ and judgment on the world ways, to try and draw them to the Savior. But for us who are born again and filled with His Spirit, we, sons and daughters, men and women, will prophesy Young men will see visions. Old men dream dreams. Men and women, God pours His Spirit out upon us, and we are able to prophesy. Remember, prophecy is hearing the Word of God, the rhema word, the now word, and then speaking it out for the Lord. And anytime we hear a prophecy, we are to test to make sure that it lines up with the Word of God. 
So, salvation is shared by both men and women alike. Both are filled with God's Spirit. There's no difference. The value of God's original creation has never changed. This scripture is significant in that in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God came upon men, probably about 95% men, and only 5% women. It's probably even uh, different than that. It's probably about 98% men and 2% women. For example, Moses, the Holy Spirit, came upon Moses to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. Or Joshua, the Holy Spirit came upon him in power in order for him to take the Israelites into the Promised Land. And we have all the judges, uh, Samuel, Gideon, Samson, the Holy Spirit came upon them to deliver Israel from their enemies. And David had the Holy Spirit upon him to be a king. And then we have Isaiah, Daniel, and all the prophets that God placed his Spirit on them to communicate his word. We have several women in the Bible who are recorded as blessed of the Lord. For example, Sarah, Ruth, Hannah, Abigail. And I think about all the godly mothers of the Judean kings, the godly kings. These mothers had a part to play in those kings' lives and in their uh, belief in God. Then, continuing in the Old Testament, we had uh, four prophetesses, women who were prophets. We have Miriam. Deborah, Hola, and Anna. But to my knowledge, not one woman is recorded as having the Holy Spirit come upon them for service, for an act of service, except for Mary, who the Holy Spirit came upon in order to conceive the Christ, and then Elizabeth, when she prophesied, when uh, Mary came into her house, and John the Baptist leaped in Elizabeth's womb, and then Elizabeth prophesied. But now the Holy Spirit is poured out on all people, including sons and daughters, men and women, who will prophesy. At this point, I want to make it appropriately clear. In no way am I saying that women are subservient, less important, less intelligent, less useful, less capable, etc., etc. Women are not inherently more sinful than men, nor men than women. We are all sinful by our own individual desires and choices. But by love and faith and devotion, we will walk in this salvation that God has given us through Christ. And one day we will be rewarded in his presence for our devotion. But we still have the old problems of the original circumstances because of the original sin. So God has given us places, purposes, responsibilities to be fulfilled. And as we seek to work out our salvation and to be complete in Him, it is just so important that we are obedient to God's Word. So let's look at a couple of strategic scriptures, and I'm talking to women only. 1 Corinthians 11, 3 through 10 says, But I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. Every man who prays or prophesies with his head covered dishonors his head. But every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head. It is the same 
as having her head shaved. For if a woman does not cover her head, she might as well have her hair cut off. But it but if it is a disgrace for a woman to have her hair cut off or her head shaved, then she should cover her head. A man ought not to cover his head, since he is the image and glory of God, but woman is the glory of man. For man did not come from woman, but woman from man. Neither was man created for woman, but woman for man. It is for this reason that a woman ought to have a sign of authority on her head because of the angels. Nevertheless, in the Lord, woman is not independent of man, nor is man independent of woman. For as woman came from man, so also man is born of woman. But everything comes from God. Judge for yourselves. Is it proper for a woman to pray to God with her head uncovered? Does not the very nature of things teach you that if a man has long hair, it is a disgrace to him? But if a woman has long hair, it is her glory. For long hair is given to her as a covering. If anyone wants to be contentious of this, we have no other practice, nor do the churches of God. End of the quote. I know that was long, but I wanted to get through that because it really says a lot in the scriptures, and I want you to see that it's coming from the scriptures. God sets up an order in the life of men and women. First, we have, of course, God the Father, then Christ, then man, then woman. And because of the angels, women are to have their head covered as a sign of authority, not to man, but to God's ways. The devil has deceived us to believe that this is an equity thing, creating disunity. This disunity destroys the power of the two, the man and the woman, in unity. And in obedience like this, a man and a woman in unity, doing what God tells them to do, there is great power and the ability to overcome the attack of the enemy. First Timothy 2, 9 through 15. I also want the women to dress modestly with decency and propriety, adorning themselves not with elaborate hairstyles or gold or pearls or expensive clothes, but with good deeds appropriate for women who profess to worship God. A woman should learn in quietness and full submission. I do not permit a woman to teach or to assume authority over a man. She must be quiet, for Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not the one deceived. It was the woman who was deceived and became a sinner. But women will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith, love, and holiness with propriety. These scriptures have a context of applying in the assembly or the church setting. Modest dressed is Um, so that the attention won't be drawn to the person and we can keep our attention on Christ. The authority is to be a mature male Christian with no questions or heckling from the congregation. And a woman is not to hold a place of authority over men or to teach them. It's not what I said. This is what the Bible says. And this is the place where we have to understand Are we going to be submitted to God? If you go back, let's say, in the 40s and the 50s when America was really booming, this was the normal thing in a church. 
Today, it is different. The foundation for these rules are given to us, reminding us of Genesis. So they do apply to us today. Some people say they don't, but I believe they do. 1 Peter 3, 1 through 7, wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives, when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry and fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of the inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way that holy women of the past put their hope in God, and they used to adorn themselves. They submitted themselves to their own husbands, like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her Lord. You are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. I think that's really important because fear is the thing that comes up. And the world is trying to make us all fearful in different ways. But many believe that if they do this God's way, that they're not going to get what they need out of life. We see some similarities here. Modest in life and clothing, gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. That is our goal, to be pleasing to God. This is not about the church leadership. This is not about uh, our husbands. You know, our husbands are, are sinful, and uh, it, there's church leadership that's not very good either. So it's not about that. It's about obedience to God in the position that you're in. Submission is not a bad word, though many people say it is. And many people have even warned me about talking about this. But to Jesus, it isn't a bad word. He was submissive to the Father, even to the point of a cursed death, persecuted, destroyed. In our day, submit is a pretty strong word, and some have taken it in a sinful direction, and that's wrong. People have abused other people with this submission issue. You never have to be submitted to evil or to immoral of any type of action or thoughts and stuff. That's abuse. If you are in a marriage that is dangerous and you're anticipating real harm, get out. Don't divorce, but get separate and stay separate until it is safe for you to go back. If it never becomes safe, then pray about it and see if the do- the Lord would separate you. We are called to reconciliation, if at all possible. If an unbelieving spouse abandons the marriage, that it's another deal breaker. It's just like immoral sex. And probably would, if somebody abandons the marriage, it's probably for sex or it will end up in sex immoral sex. Last scripture I want to bring up is Titus 2, 3 through 5. Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, and to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. Looking at this, 
it, it's a huge part. And I've seen some really uh, powerful ministries of older women teaching younger women. I know my wife listened to many teachers uh, for a long time, and they were very helpful t- to her. And what the, what is the goal? The goal is to love their husbands and love their children. And self-control, purity, busy at home, that doesn't mean you can't work outside the home. That means that your home is taken care of and that your children are taken care of. And these days, that is a tough thing. The home should be in order and the children should be well taken care of to be raised up in the admonition of the Lord. And of course, it takes two. It takes the husband also, and they're a big part of it. But we're talking uh, to women only today. Now, honestly, I've only scratched the surface. There's many books written about this. There's many excellent books out there that uh, can be read and studied. But I want to stop with this last statement. Godly women who are full of the Holy Spirit can be used with any spiritual gift, not just prophecy, that the Holy Spirit deems appropriate. One place of ministry is for older women to teach younger women. This is incredibly important, and as our world is collapsing, these older women have so much insight and understanding to life, and they can bring that to a woman better than any man. I've witnessed several powerful women's ministries that make great impacts on many families. Also, women should keep their household in order, and that doesn't mean, as I said, that they can't work outside the home as long as their home is in order and their children are well taken care of. Remember, children are the Lord's inheritance. They're very important to God. And we only have about 12 or 15 years to raise our children and raise them in a way that they can know there is a God, know that He is a personal God, that they can be born again and filled with the Holy Spirit. Our society is for forsaken children, raised by babysitters, peers, ungodly teachers in in some public schools. And I I know there are situations that require, uh, you know, tough circumstances, single parents and stuff like that. So I'm I'm not, you know, uh, making something very specific. What I'm saying is we need to take care of our children. It is our responsibility by the power of the Holy Spirit to raise our children properly. Now stop and think for just a minute with me. God's ways are pretty much the opposite of the world's ways, especially in our day. The way of this world and the way that it functions, even in its positive aspects, will never lead us to God and to obedience to God. It is clear that we have to change our thinking, renew our minds to understand so that we can follow God's ways. To the natural mind, these ways of God are foolishness. To some person that doesn't have a relationship with God, they can't even understand this. Are we willing to be a fool in this world and a disciple of Christ? This is the Clean Soul Podcast, and I'm Dennis Curtis. If you have questions or comments, feel free to reach out to me at thecleansoul.org.